Strive Coaching Studio, guiding business leaders to meet the highest version of themselves. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hello, everybody. I'm so pumped to get started. It has been a beautiful and just slightly chilly November day here in North Carolina. And I just got back from taking my dogs to the dog park. The weather here in North Carolina is gorgeous, almost year round. And it is such a beautiful state. So I try to take every chance I can to be outside. So I set up my laptop on the picnic table at the dog park to write this podcast. And this sweet, lovely caramel colored pitbull kept jumping up on the table to visit me. And I wanted love from me, which of course I happily provided. I mean, I was in her playground. She has the right to be anywhere in it. I was in her space and she wanted a pet, a little petting. So I had a few paw prints on the laptop, but it was worth it. Anyway, we have lots of really important topics to dive into today. So let's get to it. Most of you already know that this past year, I left the very successful company, also known as my work family that I had founded 13 years prior. It was a huge decision and a major change for me and for them and for my family. So these days, I no longer have 50 employees in my charge. I'm the leader of myself, managing several small companies that my husband and I still own together. I'm leading myself as I pursue my dream of starting Strive Coaching Studio with all of its big goals and ideas. But outside of these things, currently, I am mostly just the proud leader of my two rescue hound dogs, Gypsy and Finn, who truly believe that I am God. And our two teenaged boys who are still living at home who need me solely for money and to know what's for dinner. No, seriously. I know they love me, but this is where we are in life right now. One of the very wonderfully kind things that my amazing team did for me upon my leaving was to have each employee send in three words that they felt described me as a leader. I was not shocked to know that I had been admired for being a great leader for them. They generously complimented me for that and showed it by the fact that they had such longevity with us, loyalty. Um, They would refer their friends and other people they knew to come and work for us. So that was not a surprise. Um, I worked very hard and I was very conscious and thoughtful toward accomplishing that title. I took the importance of it very seriously. My goal on a regular and daily basis was to try to be the best leader I could be. Now, that doesn't mean I always was. That doesn't mean that I didn't ever fail or get stumped when a curveball was sent my way. And there were plenty, trust me. But it does mean that it was my driving and motivating factor with every situation that came up and each of the decisions I made. The ways I communicated and the approach and the actions that I took, it all provided those results. So as you can imagine, the complimentary and beautiful words were very heartwarming for me. Um, They actually had them printed on a beautiful canvas for me so that I can look at them forever in my new home office. I'm telling you this not because I want you to know this about me. I'm telling you this because it it is just so apparent to me that we don't really need to overanalyze some of these things. The best things are many times the simplest. I recognize that there are articles and motivational speeches and books that you can read to tell you how to be a great leader, but the best way to find out is just to ask your team. Last night, I was just doing a little bit of research prior to the podcast, and I did some searching to find out what kind of articles there are out there. And of course, there's many like the top eight qualities of a great leader and how to be a great leader, the most desired characteristics for leadership. And they have great value. And I definitely um, am planning to reference some of those and that information in this podcast. But if you really want to know what your people want and what they think and determine what's missing, you need to ask them. And the first and most important factor toward finding out 
requires that they have a safe and open environment in which to do it. If your team won't tell you what they see and what they need, then that is your first opportunity and it's your most valuable one. So number one on my attributes of a leader list is to be approachable. It creates a welcoming atmosphere. As the founder and the CEO of my company, my leadership traits set the tone for the entire culture of the company from the top down. You can be just as impactful no matter what position you hold in your organization though. The process of exploring how you can become more approachable will be a worthwhile growth exercise in itself, both for you and for each individual person within your team. You won't believe what you will get from them, what you won't get from them, and their opinion of you because you asked and you cared. From this, the next word your people will use to describe you is that they trust you. And now you know why, and you truly understand the value of trust and trustworthiness. So before we go on to number two, it's probably worth first talking about the difference between a manager and a leader. They're very different. They require very different skills and talents and abilities. You may be both and hold all of the attributes. You may prefer one over the other. You may be better at one or the other. Others may have told you that you are very good at one or the other. And you may have been are now at any point in both of these roles. And depending on your business type, you may be in both roles and wear both hats right now at the very exact same time. Now, by definition, a manager is a person who's in charge of successfully carrying out the activities, business practices, and daily operations of the business in order to meet the business's objectives. Managers need to plan, measure, monitor, coordinate, solve, hire, fire, and so many other things. Managers manage things. They're highly valuable and critical to the success of any organization. Now, I read many definitions of leadership along the way, and as my research for the ideal definition of leadership continued, I found one that really resonated for me. A contributor to Forbes and author, Kevin Kruse, had a terrific article leading to his definition. That is this, leadership is a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a goal. He further expands on the key elements of his definition. And first, leadership stems from social influence, not authority or power. Leadership requires others, and that implies they don't need to be quote unquote direct reports. There's no mention of personality traits, attributes, or even a title. There's many styles and many paths to effective leadership. And it includes a goal, not influence with no intended outcome. So whichever definition speaks to you, the good news is that you can be a leader or not, no matter what your position, no matter how many employees you either do or don't manage. Titles, positions, salaries, and number of employees have nothing to do with being a leader. Being a senior level executive manager does not necessarily mean you're a leader. It also doesn't mean that being charismatic, dynamic, or funny are required, only that somehow the person is able to accomplish being influential in some way or another. But I went ahead and took the list of qualities that I gathered, and in order to simplify things, I broke them down. What I found, and you'll see, is that each quality creates new thoughts and feelings in people. So many times, the quality that was listed is actually the result of another one. You'll see what I mean. One descriptive quality can create so many others, all motivating toward the goal. For example, the list included the qualities of approachable, welcoming, and trust. In the example I just outlined, the reality is that being approachable as a leader created a welcoming atmosphere 
and opened up the opportunity for trust to exist. I found this similar outline to be true throughout, ultimately simplifying this list, which I think is really important. So how about compassion and acceptance? They go hand in hand. In fact, we must first be accepting leaders in order to have compassion. When your organization appreciates how compassionate you are as a leader, acceptance of who they are as a person comes with that territory. Every member of your team deserves to have your compassion and your acceptance. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but these can only exist successfully when and because you must also be very good at practicing maintaining boundaries and holding people accountable. The behaviors of people must be held accountable and they must understand the boundaries of their behavior. Why is this important, you ask? Well, because when we mix the person and their behaviors as one, we can't separate our ability to genuinely care for them as people and see them from a place of humanity. When we don't practice this approach, we become resentful, angry, and blaming of others based on what they've done or how they've acted. This puts us in the position of victim to their behaviors, and it causes us to show up in ways in which our behaviors are no longer managerial or leader-like anymore. We may act angry or frustrated or treat that person in a way we wouldn't prefer, blaming them as the cause for our feelings and reactions. But when we care about them as people and hold boundaries and accountability for behaviors, we get the ideal result of being able to show up as who we want to be on the inside, while also setting expectations for what we need for their actions, rules, and guidelines as employees. We can be kind and be firm. We can be diplomatic and managerial. We can operate with integrity for ourselves and for them. When our people refer to us as diplomatic, firm, with integrity, or compassionate, it's only because we've done a good job of being both accepting and holding people accountable. Anything else wouldn't allow for them to exist. The next one that comes up as a very common trait is authentic or genuine. Industries can be slightly different and vary, of course, and there are many leadership types and personalities. There's no one right way of doing things. Your personality and your style is what brings the unique quality that will attract the people you desire to retain in your organization. Your authentic self and personality, your value systems, and your priorities and belief systems are what will define the culture and those of your organizations and your team. Trust that, appreciate that, and if needed, be willing to question any of the ones you hold on to that aren't serving you or your team. Being a leader is a big responsibility since everyone's looking to you to set the mood, the tone, and the reactions that will create what will influence the others around you. It doesn't mean that you need to be perfect, it means do not be fake. It means to just be you, the real you. Inconsistencies in your value system and in your priorities will quickly show in your decision-making. And ultimately, they will diminish the value of the authentic culture that you have the ability to create. And in the end, you and your company will be the only ones who suffer when the quality of your team erodes as a result. So you have the power to influence a following with your authentic self. Anything less than 100% of you means less than 100% for your organization. Anyone can check the boxes of the top traits lists of leaders, but nobody else can be you. So trust that your authentic and genuine self and personality will bring the very best team members available to you and they will perform for you. Another popular and commonly listed quality is passionate. So passion inspires. So people will describe you as inspirational because that's how they feel from your passion. 
This really ties directly to the definition of how a leader succeeds. A social influence requires a purpose for a group to get behind. What do you stand for? What are you going to do together? What are we doing together? What is our mission, direction, and goal? Why do we want to do it? What will we accomplish because we did it? A leader will rally the troops toward a goal and a mission. I have followed Simon Sinek for several years now and first became aware of him when I saw his videos start with why. Finding and knowing your why, your team's why, and your company's why is key to success. I've referenced this before, but I know for me, when I am really in tune with my why, my passion, my authentic truth, there is a fire deep inside my gut that is burning toward that purpose. I literally know that nothing can extinguish it. No matter what doesn't work, I will find another way to get there. When I spend the time to communicate that fire to my team, they know that if I believe it with every part of my being, and when they know I need them to be a part of getting there, and when they hear me say that I will accomplish it without fail, they are inspired and motivated and want to be a part of that success too. I am telling you, invest this time in yourself and why you are passionate and inspired, and then don't be afraid to share it with them too. Your team will feel empowered because they know you are relying on them to do their part toward the result. They will appreciate your dedication, commitment, and ambition, and it will invoke those same motivations within themselves as well. Your passion will inspire and spark empowerment, dedication, commitment, and ambition. So encouraging, respected, and loyal are many times also on this list. These listed together really boil down to how your people feel about their relationship with you. You're creating thoughts for them in your messages to them that make them feel this way about you. Ultimately, these compliments allow our people to feel connection and belonging. In Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she defines connection in her book as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. As humans, we're not designed as a species to be self-sufficient. We will do whatever it takes to maintain a sense of belonging and connection. When we were cavemen and women, our survival depended upon the protection of others and our pack. Our brains don't operate any differently today in our evolved civilized world. We all wanna feel connected to others and a sense of belonging. And if you can create that within your organization in all levels, the loyalty and respect you will receive in return cannot possibly be measured, I promise you. So connection brings the sense of belonging, encouragement, respect, and loyalty. So courageous, admirable, dedicated, competent, and decisive. How many leaders of companies do we all know who can be described as one of these attributes? Probably all. As in many other examples from before, I'll suggest that admirable, dedicated, competent, and decisive are the result of being courageous. Courage is one of the most amazing descriptive words in leadership right now. Thanks again to Brene Brown. As a researcher, she spent many years studying the meaning, value, and impact of courage. 
and thankfully talking about it in every format possible. So you can find her definition and well-written explanation in anything that has her name on it right now. But in case you want the refresher, courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Such a description implies tremendous vulnerability to tell all of one's heart. Today, courage is more synonymous with heroics. Heroism is often about putting our life on the line, but ordinary courage is about putting our vulnerability on the line. And in today's world, that's pretty heroic, brave, and very unique. So she goes on to say that the good news is that courage becomes a habit. It's like you learn to swim by swimming. You learn courage by couraging. So to simplify and in summary of our list, being willing to be these things, number one, approachable, number two, accepting, number three, passionate, number four, connecting, and number five, authentic, makes us and leads us to being number six, courageous, because in order to be all of the first five, we need to be vulnerable to be successfully accomplishing all of them as a great leader. So maybe the ultimate attribute to achieve in leadership is actually courage. The practicing of it to grow ourselves and to lead the others around us is ultimately an amazing place to be. So what other ways can we each work toward being the leaders that we wanna be? How does this shape our desire toward the attributes we want to accomplish? In what ways can we implement them in our lives and in our companies? And how can we really be our best at each of the six attributes listed? Those are the questions we'll continue to answer for ourselves as we move forward. I hope you can find some new and interesting ways to become the best version of the leader you want to be. I wanna share with you more about the dream come true for me as Strive Coaching Studio is born and begins its life. My biggest absolute passion of all and certainly in my personal and professional life, is to develop people toward the direction and the dreams that they want to accomplish, whatever they may be. We're in the process of creating a hub of expertise for business professionals and entrepreneurs here, and all within the value system and priority in mind of doing it while maintaining a balanced and happy life. Your time, your energy, your health, and your relationships will not only not suffer, they can thrive and improve as a result. I have learned to do it. I created a business where it was accomplished and it is definitely possible for you too. Trust me, I have been there. I have done that. I have learned the hard way. I made many wrong turns. I had to overcome hardship, pain, and financial suffering. And I overcame it all to create a company that was extremely successful while also having a healthy, balanced, and happy life. I learned how to be driven and committed to my career while also being driven and committed to myself, my health, and my family. And I was able to create a culture that encouraged this value system as well. And I can and genuinely want to help you do it too. That is the number one reason that Strive Coaching Studio was born. Thank you for listening. I can't wait for next time. Are you ready for more and to take your business to the next level? Visit us on strivecoachingstudio.com to sign up for more.